into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Daniel, we have come up to episode 30. You know what that means? That we've been doing this for pretty for a pretty long time. 30 weeks, you know, at least 30 weeks, so that's over half a year. You know, it's pretty. I think it's pretty impressive. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's going to be coming up on our fir- it's going to be coming up on our first summer. So, uh, you know, we're going to have to figure out what we're going to do about TV shows over the summer. I know. Uh, I think we talked about doing Preacher. We still we needed we did, still need to talk about season two of Daredevil, which I know you need to watch. Yep. So we still got that. Um, who knows? Who knows what else is going to happen? Maybe we'll end up doing a couple movies. I'm fine with that. <laughs> you know, there's a very important movie, which from the sounds of it, because everybody else has gotten to see it so far, except for us, is uh, Civil War. It's, it sounds like everybody's loving it. Yep. And uh, Kevin Smith said that, you know, this was a solid Spider-Man movie. Uh, really? Is that what he said? Yep. That's weird. On his Twitter. It's a solid Spider-Man movie. That kind of upsets me. I hope it's not all about Spider-Man. I think it's more that maybe he meant it as, you know, he the guy playing him is actually doing a really good job. Oh, okay. And it's probably the best interpretation of Spider-Man that we've seen. That's good. Uh, that's good cuz I mean I I I liked the the I like the interpretations of Spider-Man we've had so far uh with Tobey Maguire and, and Andrew Garfield. Now, whether or not those movies are good is another is another topic, but I thought that Tobey Maguire and and uh, Andrew Garfield did did well as Spider Man. Oh come on! You know Spider Man Two was awesome. <laughs> Spider Man Two is awesome with uh, Doc Ock. Hell yeah! Oh yeah, that is a, that is an incredible movie, incredible superhero movie. Uh, no, but then you have Spider Man Three. <laughs> that one doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't like ex- Eric Banner Hulk. Oh, that's fair enough. But, you know, I always thought that I, I always liked Tobey Maguire did a great job as Peter Parker and Andrew Garfield did a great job as Spider-Man. Like, I liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. And when I saw him at Comic- San Diego Comic-Con, like, like talking about Spider-Man and how much he loved that character, it really showed. And it was like, oh, man, that's awesome. It's, it's like it's like it's like uh, Ryan Reynolds getting to play Deadpool. It's the people who really care about these characters. Nice. But, I mean, he was, uh, you know, you didn't like his Peter Parker because he was a hipster kid? Yeah, he was a hipster He was a hipster kid that had headphones around his, his neck. He's not the, the nerdy kid anymore. He's just an uh, outsider. I mean, the whole, there's like a whole, what, 10, 15 minutes montage of him skateboarding in the first movie. It's like, what? No, Peter Parker wouldn't be doing that. He'd be studying something, you know? <laughs> They just did that so he could relate to the younger crowd, okay? But he's not supposed to relate to the younger crowd. That's not what Spider-Man is. He's supposed to be the nerdy outsider. And I know right now, being a nerd and being a geek is the is the thing is the in thing. 
So it, it that that wouldn't work anymore. But then it does work because they be you know it's it's a cool thing to be a nerd. I know it's just like uh, Twenty One Jump Street when Channing Tatum beats up the nerd and he's like, "Wait, what? Is all the nerds are cool now?" <laughs> yeah, see, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> okay, so you know we have uh, was Arrow, Flash, um, Legends of Tomorrow. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Fear of the Walking Dead to talk about. There was no Gotham, and we already had the season finale of Supergirl. So let's get to some of the news first. I think one of the big news is uh, John Berthanol is going to have a, a, a continuing job here. He They've decided to make uh, Punisher a, a Netflix series. And I think everybody is uh, pretty happy about that. Yeah, I really think so too. I mean, obviously the the big um, like response from Daredevil season two was that the Punisher was awesome. Uh, I personally liked the whole season. I liked everything about it. So uh, I, I'm happy with uh, John Berthenall coming coming back as as, the, as Frank Castle and kicking some ass and taking some names. But you know, a whole a whole season of that is I think is going to be interesting. Do you think it's going to be uh, an origin story? Uh, no, I know you haven't watched the Daredevil season two yet because they pretty much already did his whole origin story in that show in season two. So uh, the idea, oh, okay. yeah, I don't know exactly what they're going to do. That I means it might just going to be more of him just taking on mob bosses and, and street level crime, you know? All right. Awesome. So Got something to look forward to then. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, a little bit of other news that came up. Uh, James Wan, who is directing the Aquaman movie for DC, uh, last week there were rumors that he was going to walk off as the director because the the director of Flash has has left the, the their movie that movie because he was uh, you know upset with the way or creative differences. I'm sorry, that's what the reason was. So the rumors were that James Wan was also going to leave Aquaman, but. Uh, as of to as of this week, he tweeted out a picture of him standing next to a poster of Aquaman, basically saying, "I'm still here, folks. I'm still doing the job." Yeah, maybe uh, the James Wan thing was maybe a publicity stunt. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt if it was like you know his maybe his agent working trying to get uh, more money for him or something. Like, look, you're losing directors. He's gonna walk too if you don't. You know, fucking give him some money or something. I don't know. Who knows what what goes on? You know, behind the scenes. Yeah, who knows? Uh, I know you said you saw a little interesting tidbit about Arrow on the news today. That uh, they already have uh, a villain for season five. That's right. The they they said they have cast a villain for season five. They haven't said who it is, but it the way they put it is the character will just as easily shake your hand as your best friend or break your neck as your worst enemy. You'll never know which one is coming. Either way, he's more than capable of having a good time as he does it. I don't exactly know who, what that means or who is supposed to be. Uh, do you have any ideas? Just from what the article was saying is uh, they're hoping for, you know, the, um, you know, wild dog, um, as you know, one of those villains, but I don't know. I just want a surprise twist and be like, remember Tommy Merlin? He's not really dead. You know, I know I was, that, won't happen. that was the first thing that came to my mind too, but Tommy Merlin, 
is played by Colin Rhodes, I think is his name is. And that actor is a regular on a TV show already called Chicago Med, so he can't become a regular on Arrow as well. Unless he dies here in the next couple episodes of Chicago Med. It could happen. It could very well happen. I don't see it happening, though. <laughs> so I think with the idea is that they're going to bring back a vigilant, another vigilante hero or you know, basically someone that's kind of on the same level as, as Arrow this time around um, because the, what the last two seasons has kind of been very magical. Well, this season obviously has been all mystical and magical in their Damien okay. Dark character. Season before that was all Rachel Ghoul, and you know you got magical with the Lazarus pits. So you know I'm guessing what they want to do is they want to bring it back to someone that he can kick and punch and and still fight against. Right, and um, we'll get into it later. But I just have something to say that I think would uh, make everybody happy here. Um, but who knows? Maybe from just a little spoiler, jumping a little bit ahead. Maybe uh, this young girl that was, you know, Black Canary or posing as Black Canary could be, you know, the vigilante he goes after. Very well. Very, very could be. Very much could be. Uh, Yeah, and we will get to that when we get to Arrow. Um, And the last bit of news that I had was the Ben Affleck Batman movie is rumored. The script is rumored to have a lot of Batman villains in it. I don't know how I feel, but I mean... I guess lots of people have said, you know, the Batman movies are usually made or made or broken by what villains they have in it. And if you have too many villains, it gets overcomplicated. If you have you don't have enough, it's if you don't have a good one, then no one cares. And, you know, how do you feel about it if, it, if there's a lot of Batman villains in there? I don't know. I mean, it could be another, you know, Donna Justice where too much shit is going on and it just gets cloudy and muddy and, you know, just not done very well. What if it's a storyline like Long Halloween? Then if it's something like the Long Halloween, it has to be it has to be done really, really well. I mean, because that's the one where it's in Arkham Asylum and you see all the people in there, right? Right. Yeah, so... Calendar Man. Calendar Man, yeah. That's, I mean, I, that's the only way that I can see there being a lot of, a lot of villains, if it's something like that where you're going to be in Arkham. Right. I don't know. I just hope it's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I'm right there with you. I, hope it should, I just hope it's good as well. Um, well, then, you know, I, I'm good with news. Did you have any other news? I think let's jump into it. I like your attitude. Let's get right <laughs> into it. So, let's talk about Arrow. Or no, Flash. Flash. Okay. We are basically... <laughs> the the episode's called Return to Normal, I believe. Or Back to Normal. Yeah. Or something back like, to Normal. Yeah, Back to Normal. And the idea is that we have a Barry that has no speed. And he's constantly... You know, still wanting to help people out, but he can't because he's not the Flash anymore. And the other side of the story is uh, Caitlin is still stuck in her too with talking to Zoom, uh, you know, relating to him however he wants. And then she also sees the fact that uh, Killer Frost is 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 captive. Yeah, and uh, I'm surprised. You know, I thought he killed her. 
Well, I mean, obviously that that vibration move that he does, he has quite the control over it. So, you know, I guess he was able to 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 do to do it to a point that she didn't die, and she's she was up and, and well. So uh, that that's uh, that was an interesting point. What else? Did, yeah. What? Well, we can talk about that first. So the idea is that you have two people caught caught inside the the glass cages. You got the guy in the iron mask. And you have Killer Frost, and Killer Frost uh, kind of makes a deal with with Caitlyn, saying, "You know, if you can get me out, then I will help you take down Zoom." And I'm gonna kill the guy in the Iron Mask. <laughs> she definitely wants to kill the guy in the Iron Mask because he keeps making noise, and it's annoying the hell out of her. And I have a, I have a theory about who that is now. <laughs> oh, I'm interested. Okay, let's hear. It. I actually think it's I think it's our Ronnie Raymond. Really? Yeah, after the singularity opened up and uh he got pulled in he got pulled apart from Professor Steen or Professor Stein and uh he I think he went to Earth too and that's where Zoom like found him and and found out all about Earth one and then put him inside the inside that cage. Why but why would he keep him in an iron mask though? That's just more for us. It's the idea is that you can that was so that we won't know who it is, but I, I don't, I don't know. And why? And why, <laughs> and why keep him captive? Also, good, good question. <laughs> no, I mean, I, keep him captive because I mean, obviously, he knows something. He's he's a smart guy. Maybe he would be able to. He's able to uh, recreate. Maybe he still has some firestorm powers left in him, even though he doesn't have Professor Stein on it with him. Oh, I didn't think about that. So, yeah, keep him captive, keep him quiet for whatever reason. But I really think because he really reacted to the fact that Caitlin was there. Yeah, he did. And That's true. I didn't even think of it. Yeah. So Caitlin then figures out a way to superheat the the glass that's keeping Killer Frost imprisoned and... When she does, or it's either superheated or electrified or something like that, basically changing the frequency of the glass so that it can break. And then Killer Frost comes out, and she basically turns on Caitlyn. She's going to kill her, because she figures out that the only reason why Zoom kept her around is because she reminds her she reminds him of Caitlyn, and if she he has the real Caitlyn, then there's no reason to keep her around. And then Zoom comes in and saves the day and kills fucking Killer Frost. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, he does. <laughs> so that was uh, that was all that part of the, the the show. On the other side was who was the big baddie that Barry had to fight? I don't even remember his name, but his power was pretty cool. It just had a terrible side effect. Oh, that's right. So he was the uh, he had, he was super strength, but every time he used his power, he grew he grew older. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's anybody in the comic books. Yeah, I don't think so either. So, I mean, obviously, not everybody got good powers out of the out of the particle accelerator explosion. But I guess what we pulled away from this is that well, no, he was he was looking for he was looking for uh, Harrison Wells, right? Because he blames Harrison Wells for what happened to him. Right. And uh, 
Harrison Wells was looking for his daughter at the same time. And, and on it, the way back to Central City, that's when he gets stopped by that guy and gets kidnapped, essentially. Right. So, you know, I guess this was a way for Harrison Wells to either take up, or I guess our this new Harry, Earth 2's Harry, is to, like, reflect and, and think about what it is that he's done, even though it's not his world that he... that created these guys he still did the same thing in his world and he is responsible so he needs to take some type of responsibility and he doesn't do a very good job at it no he doesn't but i think by the end of it it's basically just to get us to the end of the episode where he's like all right flash i am going to help you get your speed back and Uh, it sounds like what they think the best thing to do is just to recreate the particle accelerator explosion which is so stupid. It's going to create, even if they try to contain it, it's going to create new metas. Exactly. I mean, I think that's what this next week's episode is going to be about is everybody's going to be like, are you, are you guys dumb? We don't need to do this again. It's going to, it's, we need to figure out a different way for him to get his speed back. And then nobody's going to want to try the Velocity 9. So, you know, yep, that's our last, you know, resort. We have to pre- <laughs> recreate it. So, uh, any other big things from this episode any big revelations anything that you want to talk about um stockholm syndrome for uh caitlin i think that's essentially what, i think that's what zoom <laughs> wants but i don't think that caitlin's gonna end up getting that yep oh um the episode ended with uh uh crap with with zoom saying oh i'm gonna take over all the different earths and I'm gonna, you know, kill all the speedsters. That was that's that's true. That then that'd be interesting. We're gonna see if we see Zoom basically trying to become the the king of the multiverse. I would watch that, but it's just gonna get old and drag on because this this whole storyline for season two is not adding up and not making any sense. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. All, all this stuff with Zoom and Jay Garrick and. Hunter Zolomon and who he is and who they were and what what's going on. Yeah, it all doesn't really make sense. So uh, whether whether or not we figure it out who's who's who and where's what is it is going to be interesting. How they tie it all up in the end. I am looking forward to not only the season finale of this episode but the the Kevin Smith episode. So <laughs> it's not going to be that far away. We have. I think it's uh, next week. Is that? I mean, because I know the season finale is the twenty fourth. Yeah, I, I want to say this one is going to be uh, the 10th. I think that's when it's premiering. Okay. So, yeah, there, I mean, there you go. We, we'll have uh, those episodes coming up soon. And then the, the end of the season for, for Flash. Very interesting. Anything else you want to talk yeah. about? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, then let's go ahead with uh, Arrow. All right. So, yeah, uh, Black Black Canary is dead. You know, for the for whatever you know, if you believe she is dead, or you believe she's not dead, or you believe that uh, they're they're faking the whole thing. Everybody in the everybody else thinks that she's pretty much dead, and they even show her body again in the morgue. <laughs> yep. When pretty this, hard to fake. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, you're right. Pretty hard to fake. Her body hasn't gone missing, but all of a sudden. A new person has jumped up and started acting like the Black Canary, and the the big big wow wow part is that Cisco made that sonic scream device 
uh, mapped it off of uh, Laurel's own vocal cords, so no one else is supposed to be able to use it. But this new Black Canary is using it. Yeah, modified it to so it could work for her own benefit. So basically, what they did is they found a girl that's uh, was a five-star athlete and a straight-A student in school, and they made it so that she needs to get revenge on uh, Hive and the mayor, because the mayor is part of Hive, and uh, she is able to manipulate those the that device, and she was able to get the Canary's outfit and, all, and do all the kung fu that she needs to do to, to be the Black Canary. That little girl can kick some ass, man. <laughs> it was just, I, yeah, it's very true. She could, and I just think it was all a little too convenient. <laughs> uh, what did you think about Detective Lance or Sergeant Lance or Captain Lance, whatever he is at this point? You know, breaking down like he like he had. He was like, "I'm taking her to Lazarus Pit," and then Nissa's like, "I destroyed the Lazarus Pit months ago." Yeah, it, it's just just seeing him so desperate to try to bring her back was so heartbreaking, man. It really was. I mean, there's. Like I think we we've said it before. Like he's the the guy in the show that you know kind of really brings in the that that uh, sentimental family aspect of the show that that really breaks you down. Uh, just you know him not being able to believe it, and then just like, well, I saw Black Canary. You know she she's alive. She's alive. She has to be alive. That was, and then they go to the morgue. Yeah, oh, man. And then, yeah, you know, and the fact that you, his one daughter was already dead, and then she came back to life, and then she died again, and then she came back to life again. It's like, how can you not hope against hope that something's going to bring this daughter back? And then, and then everybody just basically putting a door in front of it, saying, "No, she's dead. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing is going to save her." Do you, I mean, even though, yeah, we have hard evidence that, you know, she's dead, do you think they're going to find a way to bring her back later? I don't, I really don't know. I think anything is possible, obviously. It's a comic book TV <laughs> show where we already have Lazarus Pits and magic and time travel, so anything is possible. But uh, I, I really think they're going to try and keep her dead for at least a while. Well, I mean, I was thinking of an idea. What if... Uh... Sarah has to return at some point. She's, you know, obviously right now with Rip. So what if she goes back in time and tries to stop Damien from killing Laurel? See, and I, I would think that would be a great, a great way to do it. But the way that Rip describe, describes it in Legends of Tomorrow is that, you know, if they've already done it, then it's like it already exists. It already becomes part of the timeline. And since we are the timeline as an audience, we saw it happen. We can't go back and, and change it. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, kind of how he explained it in this episode that we just uh, we just saw, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And then also with the whole fact that, you know, he couldn't go back the two years so that Ray and Kendra and Sarah didn't have to live for five years or whatever it was in 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 the past when they thought they were only going to be gone for a couple seconds or whatever it is you know what i mean yeah so yeah that's it's that like i said time travel is tricky especially with tv shows and 
And it's going to be weird how they try and pull that if they try and pull that off with saving Sarah that or saving Laurel that way. Yeah. Okay. Well, that debunks my my little you know theory there. <laughs> so, I also thought was weird is that so we finally got the scene where Barry shows up to talk to Ollie at the grave, and now we know whose grave it was. But at yep. the end of it, Barry runs off. He he sees the Flash. Where did, yeah um, are are the so obviously the two timelines don't aren't synced up right now, the two shows aren't aren't synced up in time, right? And I think they would have mentioned something already in season two of the Flash. You know, they would probably bring up you know Laurel's death. So I guess you know in season two hasn't happened yet. So then you think that it hasn't happened in the Flash show yet. So that means that Barry does get his speed back here pretty soon. I mean, right. obviously, we're not going to watch a show where Barry Allen doesn't have his speed, but it's 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 an interesting thing that they did they did they did it this way instead of just having him walk away and they had him run away. Yeah. So what what do you think that you know there were uh, all the flashbacks had to deal with Laurel? Only one flashback had to do with Leon Yu. And that's Ollie returning to Lian Yu. Yeah, and that's it's funny because that was at the basically the flashbacks were flash flashing back to right after the end of season one, right after they bur- they buried Tommy, and then obviously uh, him and Laurel were getting back together. Their relationship was getting back together, and and they make talk about that in the beginning of season two when he comes back from Lian Yu, and Laurel is now the you know assistant attor- district attorney. And she is out to get uh, the arrow because she doesn't think he's a good guy, good guy anymore. Uh, but she talks with, with Ollie's like, you know, we were getting close and you just took off. You took off to the island again. What is that? I mean, what does that mean? Or, you know, why, why'd you do that? So we kind of got a little bit of insight into that is that he just couldn't deal with being in a relationship with her again. Yep. Almost a little bit heartbreaking, you know, that he had to run away. Very, very much so. So, uh, it's it was interesting that, that that's where the flashback was too. I mean, with everything that's going on in the flashbacks, Norway with the excuse me with the with the um, with the magic use, but you know obviously there was there wasn't very much magic being used in this episode, so that's probably why. Yeah. Um. And oh, go spe- ahead. Speaking of uh, speaking of magic, I just want to say. Um, you know, Damien Dark really is what the Mandarin should have been in Iron Man 3. That's true. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. That's uh that's really what uh should have happened. This is this is a very much a a magic versus tech uh, you know, fight that we should have saw at the end in, in Iron Man 3 instead of what we got of no real magic. Yeah, so, you know, at least Arrow or DC at least they're getting something right. <laughs> uh, I was going to say is that, you know, because at the end of the episode is him and, and uh, is, is Ollie and Felicity talking in the in the limo about, you know, what they're going to do next and how they're going to defeat Dark now. And, you know, you know what was going through my head the whole time? What was going through your head? You should be calling John Constantine to come help you. <laughs> <laughs> you know. To to be completely honest, just that last shot, just them having that conversation in the limo, you know, 
you just truly see Ollie so powerless, not knowing what to do. I know. and I mean, you can't expect him to know what to do against something like this because he doesn't know magic. He's not a magic user. That's why, I don't, you know, you use the resources that you have, and John Constantine would be the resource that you have. <laughs> I mean, is he back from hell yet? Because, you know, last <laughs> time they brought him up, they said he was trapped in hell. Oh, well, I, did, I, I forgot about that. You're right. Um, I guess. I guess that's the way that they can keep being like, well, we can't use him. He's trapped in hell. <laughs> or they can bring the Sam and Dean from Supernatural. <laughs> If only it worked that way. <laughs> no, not same universe, no? No, no. But hey, there's a multiverse, so <laughs> you can maybe you can get Barry to travel to another universe and, and grab Sam and Dean. That would be awesome, but I know it's not going to happen. <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I just wish John Constantine would show up. But, you know, there, there's other magic users in the DCU, too. I mean, we're... Why, why didn't you ask uh, Vixen to come back and help? You already had her on the show. Why didn't you ask, uh, why don't you see if you can find Dr. Fate? That is true. <laughs> uh, but, the, you know, the, it, 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 seems, it seems daunting to just have him sit here and try and fight this magic user on his own when obviously he's getting nowhere and his friends are dying. Yeah, pretty hard to watch. Anything else that you want to talk about with Arrow? Uh-uh. Then we move on to Legends of Tomorrow, and we have, I think it's just the the big thing I want to talk about is the fact that you have DC kind of once again giving the middle finger to to Marvel, Marvel movies, by making their one character that shrinks become giant size before (laughs) Marvel gets a chance to make their character that shrinks become giant size. What did you think of that silly robot fight? It was so bad. Like, I didn't understand why everything was just slowed down so much. And, like, I really thought that as a normal-sized person, like, he might have had a better chance of getting in there and tinkering around with the robots inside. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That would have probably been a lot cheaper, a lot more interesting to watch. Yeah. And now we have these two. We have basically a... Uh, like uh, almost like a kaiju fucking Jaeger fight uh, in the middle of this this episode, and and it, I don't know, it just seemed ridiculous. It seemed weird. I mean, it was kind of it was cool to see him him grow, but which is weird because Ant or Adam has never grown. But then again, this is Iron Adam Man. <laughs> and uh, you know they're probably throwing in a little bit of Adam Smasher who grew to large sizes like that, but it's it's weird that just to see Ray Palmer do, go through this. Uh, once again, you didn't you have Stein and uh, Jefferson, Jefferson Jackson just having to be apart so they can't become Firestorm, which is obviously your biggest weapon in, when fighting anything. So whenever they can, the writers make it so that the two of them can't become Firestorm. Which is... So convenient. It's very, exactly. It's incredibly convenient. I mean, Stein gets injured, but he's not injured enough that he's going to die. He'll he'll be fine because we have that miracle uh, Gideon machine that will heal whatever wounds you have. Even grew back a hand for Snart. Which is actually pretty cool to watch, not going (laughs) to lie. And then you have have, uh, K-9 
Kendra, you know, had the great idea to melt down the the bracelet and cover the the mace in it, which was pretty cool. Uh, you have uh, White Canary, you know, doing her thing as a as a kick ass assassin fighter. The Always. two the two criminals kidnapping a girl, trying to get their get her to and Snart, you know, not using torture to get her to realize that her father is a bad guy. That was actually uh, pretty smart, you know. Yeah, and like I said, Snart is the Batman of the group. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I give it to you. You can have that one. <laughs> and uh, uh, the the show, I mean, I just don't know. This once again, this episode just wasn't good. I, I it's just sad to say, you know, everybody. I I had high hopes, and I know you had high hopes for the show, but it just doesn't know what type of show wants to be. That's what I'm getting out of it. I think that I, I really, I would say the same thing. And then if it, if I'm missing it and they've already decided what, what type of show this is going to be. And I just don't like it <laughs> because right now it's just not, it's not hitting. It's not hitting the, the, the points, the paces like the other shows are doing. They don't, it doesn't make me, it doesn't give me that sense of awe or that like, yeah, these people are bringing me hope or, you know, these are heroes, kind of things. It's, it's right now they're just bumbling idiots traveling through time. I mean, but I mean, if you think about it, Gotham did have a sluggish first season, and Supergirl was pretty sluggish too. Uh, you're, you're you're right. Supergirl is is like is is very much like this. How it's off and on, off and on. But you know, I was I was with Arrow throughout the, the whole beginning, even if the beginning of the show was just. Batman light. I mean, that's kind of still what the show is, but at least now he's, it's, it's a little bit closer to arrow and flash has just been good since the beginning. So I don't know, maybe, maybe next season we will get something different with legends of tomorrow. I hope so. I really do. Uh, was there anything else you, you had written down about this episode? Cause I mean, there's really not, I don't think there's really much to talk about. They went to the future. They went to, the the couple a couple of days or months or whatever before his 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 wife and child are killed and they say well why don't we just go save your wife and child and he said oh well time wants to happen I've I've tried to save them what sixty times and each time they've died every time I've tried to save them yeah directly uh, just like you said it's uh, already in the timeline so there's no way of changing it yeah so and I I guess the biggest uh shock factor or reveal is that Carter's alive and he's under the mind control of Vandal. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I really didn't think that that should have stopped her the way that it did. Because it's not the Carter, it's not her Carter. I mean, it's just a Carter, right? Right. So couldn't we have just gone on, found another Carter somewhere? <laughs> But emotions and love, yeah. love triangle. Yeah, yeah. You could have killed Savage. That would have been good enough. Yep. Uh, it was just so sad, you know, to hear fucking Rip goes like, "Come on, if you don't do it, he's gonna kill my family in a couple of days. Just do it." Yeah. You uh, know, I can't. I can't do can it. <laughs> so so ridiculous. So, uh. Uh, yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't really have much else to talk about this episode. 
Yeah, it was a it was another bad episode. <laughs> Uh, okay, then the, the, on, on to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Did you happen to catch up on the episode that you missed last week? I did not watch that one, but um, they did, I think it was a four-minute, you know, last last time on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, that caught me up. So, so it caught you up, and you, you now you knew what was going on. What did you think of this episode, though? This episode was pretty intense, especially... With everything going on and Ward just taking over the other Inhumans, right? I mean, they had you had your your multiple man uh, mutant with the girl that could make make herself a couple of people, and then you had the guy get himself his his power, and he basically became Gambit. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I actually had that written down. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we're in this this party, this swanky party. Where everybody in the in the room has like uh, cybernetic parts, and I was just like, "That's a cool party." <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, you know, the idea was that they're going to find this doctor that could possibly uh, cure the parasite brain that Sky has or Daisy has to get her off of Hive's uh, influence, but she doesn't quite. Or he doesn't. They don't get there in time. Or at least, what should we call it? Uh, Hive and or Ward and Daisy get there and break up the party shortly after. Yeah, yeah. And then Daisy threatens um, the Irish guy and was like, you know, stay away. Yeah, you know, it was it was interesting how she ended up like she was using. Uh, it seemed almost like the force to <laughs> choke force him or force choke uh, him against the wall. Obviously, what she's doing is like having do, doing like mini quakes against his throat, I guess. Uh, but it, it would be it would be interesting uh, that I thought when she was talking to him and like kind of saying, "Look, I know what I'm doing. You know, don't worry about it." I'm. Not, it, it almost felt like she was kind of playing. She was only playing to be on Hive's side. Yeah, but um, in the episode, you know, last time on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you saw her eyes, uh, you know, change a different color uh, when Ward infected her. You're right. Yeah, it's true. She is infected, but maybe she was she found a way to get the infection out. I don't know. Something something seemed weird when she was talking to Fitz. Yeah, I, I got that. And um, and basically her just saying, hey, I saw the future. Somebody is going to die. If you know you don't stay out of my way, that's true. Yeah, you're, you're, that's very true. So, uh, I did like Simmons like being able to basically confront Will, like or at least kind of get her last talk with Will, even though it wasn't really Will. It's it's Hive having the memories of Will, and then she ends up shooting Ward in the gut like three times. That was awesome to watch. <laughs> She's like, I know I didn't kill him. But hopefully it slowed him down a little bit. <laughs> I uh, guess it did. Yeah, no, it seems like it did. I, I yeah, I really liked this. Uh, I forget what his name is. I think his name was James or something like that. But he like that the fact that he got that power that he can just grab things that are inanimate objects and and and, and make them explode. Like Gambit. Uh, like Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, him and and Lincoln fighting in the in the bar and. You know, the electricity powers and everything about this episode was real action packed and real intense, like you were saying. Yeah. 
And uh, it's just crazy how that chick that could clone herself, she feels everything and she just let her clones die all because of Hive. Well, see, and that's that's the funny thing about that because earlier in the seasons, in the earlier in the show, when you see one of her clones die like that, she almost goes into a, catac- a catatonic state. Like, like it really affects her to the point that it, it, it makes it so that she she feels all that pain. So the fact that two of them died and she just kind of brushed it off shows you how powerful Hive's effect is on in humans. Yeah. And then they uh, Hive takes the only weapon that could kill him. Right. You know, I wonder what that's, that's going to end up being and, and uh, what, you know, what, what's going to end up happening. Um, I don't know if you happen to see what, what's happening in the next episode or not. No, um, since I had a I had a torrent, this one it doesn't have um, upcoming scenes. Right, I think I, what I saw on my DVR is that it said that the Kree are going to show up. Really? Yeah. So that's going to be interesting because you know the Kree are the ones that, that created the Inhumans. Right. So you know this this guy is supposed to be like the first Inhuman or like an Inhuman god or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Wow. Alrighty then. <laughs> so shit's gonna get real. Shit's gonna get real. And oh my goodness. The biggest thing that I thought was so cool in this episode. Uh you have Colson and May checking out the, the dude's trailer trailer home and they see this big like hole and then all of a sudden something's beeping off in the corner and they're like, Oh my god, it's a bomb, it's gonna explode. I don't we don't have time to get out and they jump into the hole. Basically just like how Captain America and, and Scarlet Witch, or not Scarlet Witch, but uh, Black Widow get get through that explosion in Winter Soldier. Like, Coulson has a shield that he he throws up, like a, an energy shield, and, and blocks the explosion from them. Yeah. But I remember that. The energy shield. The energy shield is something that Captain America has in the comic books when he loses his shield for a little while. I bet you that in Civil War. We're going to see an energy shield uh, with Captain America logo on it. You think so? I really do. I think it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'll clap if I see it happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> what if, like, you know, you've seen the trailer where, it's, where Spider-Man steals uh, his, his shield, right? Right. Well, what if he has an energy shield to back up it, to, to back it up? That's Ooh. true. I didn't think about it. <laughs> or, you know, maybe Bucky has an energy shield because he has a fake arm. He has a metal arm just like Coulson has a metal arm. Yeah. All right. I just thought that was really cool, so I had to <laughs> I had to geek out on it a little. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Uh, anything else that you wanted to talk about this episode? Um, I don't know it's that easy to destroy, you know, all the Hydra infrastructures. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wonder. I mean, that obviously is going to have to have some kind of play in in uh in the Captain America Civil War movie cuz if you think about it that way yeah that's that's a big part of this the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh is, is, is Hydra being involved in that that's what that's the first Captain America movie the second Captain America movie uh the shield movie or not the shield movie the agents or agents of shield TV show and the you know Avengers movie all these Hydra stuff and now yeah. it's it's all gone. That's if if they really did get rid of Hydra, that's that's Hydra is no longer part of the cinematic universe. I know, and um, they said that was all thanks to uh, Gideon. I forgot his last name. Malik. 
Yeah, Malik. Yeah, basically before before Hive came in and killed him, or Hive came in and got uh, Daisy to kill him, he gave up a whole bunch of information about Hydra because he was basically the the head of Hydra at that at that moment. Yeah. So boom, Hydra dead. I bet you we have a line <laughs> at the beginning of of Civil War where they're like, now that Hydra's done, we need to have all these heroes have their their registration, you know, have their IDs or their identities registered. Oh, damn, that's a really good point. Right? Boom. Repercussions. <laughs> damn. That's what I'd say, and that's what I like about this show. This show directly influences the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as opposed to uh, Daredevil or Jessica Jones. Like, those shows happen in the Marvel Universe, but this show affects the Marvel Universe. It does. Yeah. In, in a lot more ways than I thought, especially since I'm jumping into the show, you know, halfway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so maybe over the summer you can you can Netflix it, catch up some of the episodes yeah. that you missed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm good with that if you want to go on to the Fear of the Walking Dead. I am down for Fear of the Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead, or as I keep saying, get these kids out of here. <laughs> Use these kids as bait. You know, and even what's Daniel was a pain in the ass this time. <laughs> he was <laughs> I a big one. I couldn't believe so so basically we were meeting the the character from the from the Flight four sixty two uh webisodes or you know, whatever you want to call it. And uh, the plane that they were on is crash landed on this island. And it sounds weird to say a plane crash lands on an island and not talk about Lost. But, but you know, the, they, they think that they're going to be able to go to this island and get some supplies out of that plane. And I'm like, at first I'm just like, yeah, that's a great idea. Because you have, you have uh, what's the, the, the Hispanic girl's name? Sophia? Ooh, I... Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that's no, true or not. If I don't I'm just... think that's right, actually. <laughs> well, anyways, the Daniel's daughter is. It's his name's Daniel, right? Or am I just getting that yes. wrong? Too? Okay. Daniel's daughter is, is obviously needing some more antibiotics, and her because her wound is is going to get infected here pretty soon. So people carry uh, medicines on their in their luggage and on planes. So you know, go over there, find clothes, find water, find. Uh, medicine all that you can get and what do they do they spend their time going through fucking nonsense clothing that they don't need messing around and dilly daddling and fucking nick or no chris the younger (laughs) one right yeah uh chris is the younger one chris is the younger one he goes off and he's still having to deal with the fact that you know, whatever he, I don't know what it is. Him and fucking zombies. He just needs to fucking kill them. So he goes and finds the fuselage and he's just bashing their heads in with a piece of the, of the plane that like, you can't just grab a hold of that and just start swinging it around. It doesn't work that way. You you need to find something that's balanced, right? Something that's not going to hurt your hands when you swing. I mean, this is a piece of jagged metal that you just pulled off of a piece of a broken plane that fell out of the sky. Dude, I, I don't know who's worse at this point. You know, Carl or fucking Chris? <laughs> Basically, this is this is Chris. Yeah, Chris is Carl at the, at the, in season two. I mean, it's like, where the fuck is Chris? Why is he off doing something else? Why is he not? Why is he being stupid? Why is he getting in trouble? 
Oh, because I'm sad because my mom died. Guess what? A lot of people's moms died. Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, it was... Uh, I just want to go back to the opening scene, too, and how that... Uh, how the guy killed the other guy in the raft with no remor- remorse. Yeah, exactly. Just totally fucking like kills him right there, and then she she's a badass too. She's just fucking killing people left and right. Anybody that's gonna, you know, she she finds responsibility for this this boy that she took the the last seat from his mother, and 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 now they're in this plane, and he she probably killed the the boy's mom, so she's gonna take care of this boy, and anybody that comes close to her and close to him, they fucking die. <laughs> like even the dude in the striped shirt was like, look, man. She, he's he's dying. There's we're in a raft in the middle of the ocean. There's nothing you can do for him. All he, you're doing is making him suffer. And and like he's like it's, the kid's like yeah, just do it. Just kill me. Just take get it over with. And the he next thing, death. Yeah, he's accepted it. And the next thing we know, he's trapped in the fucking motor of the of the of the boat that the, our our people are on. Yep, because she killed him and threw him overboard. Oh man, this uh, there was a scene here. Oh, with uh, the, the Asian chick running through the island, just saying "run," reminded me of Johnny Depp from Pirates of the Caribbean when he's getting chased by the cannibals. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, that's true, very true, and uh, and that's when you have Daniel just kind of like. Chris, where are you? Where are you, Chris? Just like making more noise, attracting more things from that, you know. And of course, he can't find him. And then what happens? Nick fucking has to take on a guy and uh, he slips down a fucking ravine or a little crevice and he's down in the, the bottom and that thing is being eaten alive by, eaten by crabs. That was disgusting. And then that was he... awesome to watch. <laughs> Uh, it was. I was just. I mean, yeah, it was pretty awesome to look at. But just thinking about those crabs with all the dead zombie meat inside of them, and and then they're they're coming over to to Nick, who trying to pinch him and stuff. Just like ugh. And then uh, then the one zombie just falls on top of him, and you're like, what the hell is going on? And then boom, covered in blood, he comes in to save the day. Fucking zombie camouflage. I mean. How is it that this kid constantly just lucks out on everything? I I don't know. He's the luckiest kid in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Very much so, and and he's always got this wise like you know uh, conversation to give everybody and like words of wisdom and and telling uh, Daniel's daughter you know that you really should take take care of yourself because it's not going to be pretty if you don't. And just like wow, and then of course you yeah. have. Uh, what's your what's the what's the girl's name the uh, Nick's sister? See, this is no how much clue. this is yeah. This is how much I don't care about these kids. Like they're I I can't remember their names because they're all just whiny jerks. But uh, she's just throwing trying on different clothing. It's like we need clothing for practicality at this point, not a fashion show. You don't need to worry about that. Just get the supplies and get gone. Of course, I know D- Madison's just like get sweaters. You know it's gonna get start getting cold. So yeah, make sure you got that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and of course Daniel being a little snitch is like we're going to Mexico. You need to go talk to Strand about it. <laughs> fucking why are you just this, fucking sold about? Yeah, this whole that whole fucking thing is pointless. Like who who cares if Strand knows where they're going? Like 
he has a plan. He's they're going to Mexico. Big deal. What does that have to do with you? You're there for the right. ride. Right. And he said it multiple times. He's like, just trust me. I've saved your asses so many times already. Just trust me, man. <laughs> so then Strand, you know, is just like he's getting defensive. And then uh, they're trying to clear out the, like, fucking uh, poor. Uh, why, why am I so bad with names today? Uh, oh, Travis. Travis is sitting there working on the fucking engine, like, like uh, you know, uh, a servant. Like he, he goes, he's like, I know how to take apart a carburetor. I've never worked on a boat engine before, but according to this book, if I do this, then this should happen. And like he's like, well, then I guess I have to go underwater and pull whatever is clogging it up out, and then it's gonna eventually. It's just like, good lord, all this other stuff is happening. He's just trying to get the boat to work. And he has to pull a hand out of some piping that was, you know, clogging it. <laughs> oh, so so many things going on, and then and then they, right in the middle of it, they feel they need to fight about we're going to Mexico. Yep, and then and then another fight with Strands like, no, we're not taking them on; they're a liability. Oh, I know. It's like, and then he did. He just like Travis is just like, look, we'll we'll just tie them off. They'll be back here. They won't be actually be on the boat, but we're not leaving them behind. It's just that's just mean. That's just cruel. And then he just comes. Strand just walks up with the fucking cleaver, cuts the rope, and then done. And she's just like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> that's shitty luck for that man. I know. I love the fact that she was just like, "Are you guys really arguing about this right now?" The fact that you're whether or not you're gonna take us on while we're standing here, and <laughs> boom, cut the rope, done. You're done. Get the fuck out of here. Hey, at least they got water with them. That's true. At least they got a little bit of supplies. That was the that was the least nice of them to do. He's not that mean. I really don't think that she's going to... I mean, obviously she's a survivor. She knows what the fuck's up. Uh, yep. I, she, and they, they, they used her for so much of this uh, Flight 462, like, mini-sodes and stuff. I really don't think that she's going to be gone for good. I think... She's going to end up showing up again at some point. In Mexico somehow. Somehow. <laughs> she had a secondary rope attached. <laughs> and it's it's a little bit longer. <laughs> Do you have anything else? No. This, uh, this, this you know, I, I enjoy the Fear of the Walking Dead. Uh, obviously not as much as the Walking Dead. And episodes like this are really getting under my skin in the point that I can't stand it when... They can't think of anything better to do than have these kids just be annoying and whiny and getting into trouble. It's like it, it can't, can't. It's just like the se- second season of The Walking Dead, where the only thing that you could do was have Carl go and mess something up so that it was a catalyst for other things to happen. Right, but I mean, I get it. I get it, Mitch. You don't like kids. Got it. <laughs> it got it. You know, I just, I just look. I don't want. I don't want to kill off kids. That's just the mean thing to just lock them away. Lock them away in your house from the age of five <laughs> until they become 18, and I'll be okay. I don't have to see them. I don't have to deal with them. I don't have to listen to them. And they can just come out when they're 18, go to college, become productive uh, people in society. That's it. That's I all I ask. I don't think it works that way. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was so funny. I, I happened to watch uh, my Blu-ray copy of uh, Winter Soldier this past weekend for the first time. I had never watched it, even though I had it. 
Um, and I watched the gag reel, which is on the special features. And <laughs> there's a part where it's Chris Evans and he's, he's, it's the part when they're on the, the, uh, the, the, the boat at the beginning of the movie where he's supposed to be, you know, uh, getting in there to save Sitwell and stuff like that. You know what part I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. So he's handing out, uh, orders to people. He's like, okay, you go here, you go there. I'll go take care of this room. And he says it and he goes, because I'm in charge. <laughs> and it was so funny. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if you get a chance, you should check that out. The, the gag reel on that movie was pretty good. Okay. <laughs> So that kind of, I mean, that, that that's it for our shows this week. But uh, how do you feel about Civil War coming up this, this weekend? Pretty excited. Oh, man, I can't wait. Oh, we did kind of talk about that at the beginning of this, the show, though, didn't we? A little. A little. I think. <laughs> well, <laughs> in the next week when uh, we, after we've watched it and, uh, you know, we can, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit on the, on the show, on the podcast. The feels war. <laughs> we'll have to see if Kevin Smith is true about it, it, it being a really good Spider-Man movie. I hope so. All right, Daniel. Uh, uh, this I am at agent underscore of the underscore bat on Twitter, and you are? Daniel Von Helvet. And you also got yourself a brand new Instagram account. And it's uh, Danny the Destroyer. Yeah, Danny Destroyer on in- Instagram. We also have a Geek Elite Radio uh, Instagram, which is Geek Elite Radio. It's that simple to remember. It's at Geek Elite Radio for Twitter, uh, Geek Elite Radio on Facebook, and GeekEliteRadio.com is our website. Remember to listen to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Podcast Addict or even now we're on Google Play or Google Music Player. Google Play Music basically is what what it is. And uh, we also have our very own Android app. So if you have Android uh, OS, you can look us up in the Google Play Store and download that. So any way that you want to hear us, you can definitely hear us. I need to get me another Android then. <laughs> so uh, basically, I, I I had a great time this week. I, I hope uh, everybody else has a, a great time. And we're looking forward to these season finales. And uh, what do you want us to talk about when the summer summer comes up? Do you want us to do movies? Do you want us to do uh, Preacher? Do you want us to do other TV shows in general? So something that's coming up. Maybe you want us to do some cop dramas. Maybe you saw a medical drama you want to talk. You want us to talk about. You know, drop us a line. Get get in co- contact with us. There's plenty of ways to do it. Facebook. You know, Facebook Facebook.com backslash Geek Elite Radio is probably the best place to do it. We do all most of our talking there with the community. Uh, Daniel, anything else you want to say? I'm pretty much all set. All right. So this has been Televised Heroics on the Geekly Radio Networks saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.